Hi, I'm Lisa Kiss, and I'm the host of Be Mindful Podcast. I'm also the owner of Be Mindful Studio, where I am an astrologer and mindfulness consultant. This podcast is for the modern woman to feel grounded and learn to live with intention. Here we tap into mindfulness for both life and business. From community-driven leaders, conscious humans, heart-centered entrepreneurs, and beyond, we'll discover all the different ways mindfulness can be applied to you. My podcast is here to inspire and encourage you to be a little more mindful in your day-to-day so you can start living a more purpose-filled, self-aware life you love. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Be Mindful podcast. Today, I'm here with Melanie, and um, she runs uh, Fairly Traded. We met um, over two years ago now, I think, two or three years ago, um, when I had my little like Hamilton local blog and she was working at Sorry Not Sorry on James Street North, um, which is a local boutique in Hamilton. And um, she came to my event that I was having and we've just like stayed connected since then. And now she's doing her own thing separate from that store. And then I'm doing something completely different. Um, but Melly, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Yeah. And I was just thinking that um, when I went to that event that I also met so many other people that I'm still connected with today. So that was a really cool uh, networking event as well. But yeah, I'm Melanie. I run a business called Fairly Traded, and it is a spot where I connect fair trade brands, mostly throughout the GTA, but we're expanding into Canada with conscious consumers who want to make a positive impact on the world. And that's primarily done through virtual markets, but it's going to be expanding a little bit more uh, as well as I kind of run with the business. Awesome. Yeah, I used to have my like ethical fashion blog. So it definitely like I loved seeing what you were doing with the fair trade because it's just like another take on like, we need to be conscious with the decisions that we're making in terms of shopping. And it's also a very like mindful thing to do, I feel like as well. Yeah, I forgot that you had that blog, but I love that. As I've um, learned more and more about the mindfulness space, I feel like it really connects well with what I do with fair trade. And just like you said, buying intentionally, buying mindfully. So I'm excited for the podcast today to kind of talk about how the two intersect. Yeah, so um, I'm going to talk about your chart first, and then we can talk about everything else with fair trade, with the questions with that. But um, so I have your birth chart up and you're a Leo. So this will go up during Leo season. Um, But something I thought that was cool is you're a Sagittarius rising. And I know you've traveled a lot, right? Mm -hmm. For like, especially what's connecting with like fair trade and the things that you've done, I feel like. So I was just going to say, I want to do that a little bit more, obviously not during COVID. We'll Mm -hmm. see what happens by the time it's Leo season. But yeah, I've loved traveling to meet artisans through fair trade and different volunteer trips. So that's definitely huge to me as well. Yeah. So the Sagittarius rising, like it's sort of just like the rising is like what your soul kind of wants to do. Like I described it as like your soul urge, like you don't know where it comes from, but you feel called to do it. And Sagittarius is a sign of like the traveler and like this, um, the seeker of like you're on a quest to find out information about things and it can be through uh, travel or higher learning and I, I it was cool like when I just pulled it up before doing this I was like oh that makes so much sense <laughs> but 
That's cool. I never knew that. And I feel like I've definitely been called a curious soul. It's kind of a nicer way of saying nosy, but I feel like I'm always like asking more questions. I want to know more, like putting the pieces together of the puzzle. So I've never known that about Sagittarius, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then the opposite to Sagittarius is like Gemini and usually like um, the two are like the um, like the students and like the learners and the teachers um, like they want to know the information I'm a Gemini so I'm, I'm always very like nosy sometimes too but like yeah <laughs> and then um, the one other thing I'll say is because when you told me you were a Leo I was like I was like oh she's a Leo that explains why I get along with her but you always come off as like a softer personality I don't know why like more gentle and you have the grand trine in water so you have a Cancer moon a Saturn in Pisces and then a Jupiter in um, Scorpio. So you have like all three water signs in your chart. So you have like this natural gift of just being like, um, like a water sign, like a caring, empathetic person. Like you can kind of put yourself in someone's shoes and like know how they're feeling kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. I know because whenever I tell people I'm a Leo, I feel like I never really identified with they're kind of seen as like more like strong or bold or I feel like you're right. I do have that more water that kind of like calms that down in me a bit. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And I saw it because I, I learn new things all the time about astrology and I immediately saw like a triangle and I was like, ah, that explains so much. Cool. Yeah, I never knew that either. So I'm always excited to learn more about that too. Yeah. So do you connect with being a Leo? I don't know if you just answered that sort of, but. Yeah, I definitely think I do in terms of like starting my own business. I feel like I've kind of always felt like you were saying, um, like a teacher, um, a leader. I've always kind of like, I love, I don't want to say being in the center of attention, but I love like Instagram lives and interviewing people and just kind of being like having my face in the front of the business. But then on the opposite side, yeah, I've never really felt a Leo in like a rude way or stubborn or yeah, like that kind of fiery I've never really felt to myself. So I guess you kind of explain that how I connect to being a Leo is because of that triangle. Is that how you describe it? Of yeah, the the, yeah, the water triangle, like the triangle. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But that's really good. You feel comfortable like showing up for your business like that because it scares so many people to show up on video. So that's mm -hmm. awesome that you do that. It would freak me out before to do the video, but I kind of just got over it in uh, last summer during Leo season. I think that's when I was like, whatever, I'm just going to show up. Yeah. And I think we think that other people are like, I don't know, judging us, but everyone's so worried about themselves sometimes that it's like, no one really cares. We want to see your face on video, right? People want to connect with the person behind the business. So that's what I really valued is like connecting with people on Instagram about what I do and why I do it. So yeah, it's fun for me being a Leo. Like I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fun is usually the word that's like described with Leo, like the most, like I have a few Leo friends and I always say we go on adventures. Like we just have a great time with, when we're together. So yeah. Mm. Do you, do you want to explain now? Cause you just said like, um, what you, you just like to share, like what you're doing on Instagram and everything. So do you want to kind of explain your story and like how you got to this moment and like all the, like, I think it's been six years. I always look at yeah, people's websites before doing this. And I think it's six years you've been doing fair trade. Yeah. And oh my gosh, my website probably needs an update. And I always say six years, it's probably going on seven at this point, but I'll give you the short story. Cause it's kind of a long story. I had taken an international development class in university and we watched a documentary on child labor in the cocoa industry. And I had heard the term fair trade before, 
but I never really knew what the opposite of that meant. I didn't know that there was still slavery happening today, that there was still child labor happening today. So it was around the same time that I needed an internship for my sociology degree. And I talked to the Peace and Justice Center on campus and they were like, we're kind of looking into fair trade. We could get certified as a campus. So it just worked out really well that that's what I ended up doing for two years after seeing that documentary is something I could kind of implement in action to um, the knowledge of it. And then I went on to after graduation work in Uganda through a friend of a friend and kind of work with the artisans on the ground. I wanted to see exactly what they were doing. And fast forward, I came home to Hamilton and worked at 10,000 Villages. I had managed that location for a couple of years and then had gone on to Dundurn Market, more of like uh, operations. That's always kind of been um, my specialty. And then with COVID, I had, well, okay, I'll go back one more step <laughs> and then it'll bring us to the business today. So I had been doing kind of trade shows on the side for fair trade businesses. I always had a foot in the door somehow in working with fair trade. And so I was doing all these trade shows. And then with COVID, there had been like 10 canceled in one day. So I had the thought of how can I kind of continue what I was doing, supporting these fair trade businesses and artisans, but bring it online. So that's originally how Fairly Traded started, was I decided to host my first virtual market. At the time, everyone was kind of talking about supporting local, supporting global. So I saw it as a way to still market what these businesses were doing and these artisans, but just bring it online so people could shop from the comfort of their own home and kind of educate themselves a bit more about what was going on in the world. So that's my very long story short of uh, seven years in the fair trade industry. Yeah, and I'm just remembering now that you wrote a blog post for me on, I think it was called like think, no, think global, act local, or the other way around. I'll have to yeah, link I that. It was what do I? How do I always word it? Shop local, think global. Okay. So part of fairly traded, why I started it is there's kind of that local piece missing to me. You think of fair trade and you think of like oh coffee from Africa or chocolate or tea, but there's a lot of local businesses that I work with that are doing amazing things that are also ethically sourcing people who are making stuff in Canada. There's one vendor I work with that they have at risk and homeless um, artisans in Toronto that make all of their jewelry. So I really wanted to bring together local businesses and global artisans all in one spot. So yeah, I did write that blog for you. Um, I think when I did my first virtual market last year, kind of describing why I decided to host it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know how I forgot about that, but yeah, I'll link that for everyone to go read along with all like your other links. But um, so I know before, like from, I don't know where you said this, but you were, um, you like do things for brands and for consumers. Are you still doing things for brands and consumers? Yeah, so um, I basically worded as like linking the two together through the virtual markets, but for the brands right now, I do um, offer work for them. So I'll help them with their websites or email newsletters, customer service. I feel like I'm the very like organized type A person, whereas a lot of people I work with are more of the creatives. So we kind of balance each other out that they like design and make the products. And I'm like, okay, let's get an inventory system in and let's get like an order fulfillment system <laughs> in. So that's kind of more of like the back end stuff I offer for brands, but then for customers, it's through um, like the blogs I do or Instagram lives, virtual markets, more of an educational way 
for them to understand what fair trade is, the different terms. I know sometimes it can be confusing, like ethical, sustainable, mm -hmm. direct trade. So kind of differentiating what those mean and then through virtual markets, giving them a place to buy that stuff and support those people as well. Mm -hmm. Do you plan on doing another virtual market soon? I know you just had one, but when this goes up around, I guess, end of July, beginning of August, will you be planning another one for then or in the fall? Yeah, so I think I will be having one in July and then we'll have to see again, probably in September, October. I wanna do them every uh, three months, mm -hmm. but I'm actually in the works right now. It's very on the down low of um, selling products myself. So that's kind of something that people can look forward to, but for me directly selling these fair trade products through my website. So maybe by the time this airs, it'll be kind of something on my account uh, of that news as well. Okay, that's exciting. So like a fair, like fairly traded like online shop kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's going to be like a marketplace, marketplace. of all these different um, products that I work with, just being able to sell them in one spot. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's fun. So do you want to, you kind of mentioned it, but like, how would you define like the term fair trade? So if someone wanted to go and buy something fair trade, how would, like, what would you tell them to sort of look for? Mm -hmm. So this is like a very complicated question. A way that you can know for sure is if there's a logo on it. Um, mostly the products would be in like an organic or a natural section of your grocery store and they would have a fair trade logo on them. But part of the reason I created Fairly Traded was because of the increasing like I'm going to call it greenwashing of big brands just throwing um, the, the word ethical on their packaging or the word sustainable on their packaging. So the best way I would say is to actually research, which I know it takes time, but actually asking the questions of where did this come from? Who made it? What is it made out of? And to answer your initial question to me, fair trade is simply that um, the people are paid ethically for their labor. So who's ever making it a producer or a farmer that they have a choice in the work that they get to do, that they are in a safe environment, that they're getting paid well, usually there's eco-friendly or recycled materials involved as well, that there's no child labor, obviously. So all of that is kind of encompassing of fairly traded. Okay. Do you find that from seven years ago till now, there's like more fair trade brands you're coming across? Like people are really trying to like be better within that industry? I, I would say um, I probably would see an increase of like the terms ethical and sustainable. For me, I don't see a lot of increase in the term fair trade, which is part of what I do, what I do, because I think that that needs to be defined. If you're calling your products ethical, like what does that mean? I wanna know like, exactly what that means. So I think back when I started, it was very clear because it was like, if it was fair trade, it had a logo on it, it was like a bag of coffee. But now you can go to like a, let's say a vegetarian trade show or a vegan trade show and there'll be organic things and there'll be sustainable things and kind of trying to decide how to shop based on your own values, what terms you're looking for, what certifications you like mean to you. So I think there's an increase, but it's also getting a little bit more complex and confusing based on like what you want to align your purchases with, I guess, what your values are. Yeah. When I first hear the term like ethical or sustainable, I immediately think fashion because that's what I was really um, big on researching. Like, I think I started um, 
four years ago discovering like how awful the fashion industry was with everything but um what other industries do you sort of work or is it like just fashion or are there other fair trade industries could you keep mentioning like the coffee and I know that but are there other industries too yeah so it can really apply to anything when I say fair trade just as long as the person who made it was paid well or paid fairly for their labor but typically vendors I work with there's a lot in the jewelry space in clothing um and home decor as well I feel like there's a lot of um coming out like baskets and throws and pillows if you know 10,000 villages back in the day they kind of had a little bit of everything there was like food and clothing jewelry they had like wind chimes like <laughs> so it the term itself can really apply to anything but it's just um I guess yeah the industry is growing now you can get like fair trade bananas I think they're working towards like avocados pineapples which will be fun for me when they start like really um expanding into like different fruits and things like that yeah um do you find that there's a lot of fair trade happening in Hamilton specifically or like the Hamilton surrounding area yeah I think I know a lot of it just because it's what I work in whereas mm -hmm. I'll talk to other people and they're like where do you buy fair trade I'm like what do you mean there's like 20 businesses in Hamilton <laughs> that do it so I think that's part of my job is um getting them more exposure but there is a lot going on in Hamilton in the GTA Waterloo is a pretty big region as well in terms of fair trade kind of in all of those sectors some people do food some people do clothing jewelry i think if i know of any like obscure ones there's someone that does like glass blowing i know they have like different little sculptures and stuff which is kind of cool mm -hmm. but with fairly traded too i'm expanding there's going to be a fair trade vanilla extract uh business out of alberta so uh i know for like i'm a huge baker so i'm always looking for fair trade ingredients for baking too so yeah it's exciting for me i feel like there's a lot going on uh in this region in terms of fair trade mm -hmm. How else do you find support in the Hamilton community just as like a business owner? I always ask everyone that question. I think everyone loves Hamilton. I was actually listening to some of your other podcasts this morning and there's just such like a good vibe of like everyone supporting everyone here. It's kind of cheesy to say like collaboration or community over competition, but it's true. Like none of the vendors I've worked with have ever felt like they don't want to participate in the market because there's someone similar to them like everyone is very open to learning from each other and growing from each other so yeah i've lived uh, in the states for a bit i lived in uganda for a bit and i feel like hamilton just kind of keeps pulling me back like i love it <laughs> especially downtown walking around grabbing a coffee like i always run into customers i know or businesses i know so it's like so much fun i miss it uh in person, we'll come back, I know, this summer, but I really miss that face-to-face uh, -face interaction as well. Yeah, I always describe Hamilton, it's like, it's a city, there's a lot of people here, but it has like a smaller town feel. Um, mm -hmm. And downtown's gotten a lot better since I was younger, so it's like nice to go down there and do stuff now, so. Yeah, it's crazy, Hamilton's at what, like 600,000, something like that now, but I literally feel like I run into people like everywhere I go, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's so much smaller than that. Yeah. Like I would go to Red Church all the time, like to work in coffee shops before everything. And I would always run into somebody that I knew, like just see them wave, say hi. And they were having like a meeting too. And it was so like, just fun to see them. And especially in like the 
entrepreneur small business space like I was saying at the very beginning I met a lot of people at your business launch event a couple years ago Mm -hmm. that I'm still in touch with like Lily and I chat Mm -hmm. Nicole and I like there's so many people that we still keep in touch after that and it's like our business lives really inter- intersect with our like meditation practices and our mindfulness like lives as well, which is so fun. Yeah, I wanted to do another sort of, I think I called it a night of networking and wellness. I wanted to do another one, but this time like I could lead the meditation as before, like I was at the beginning of my yoga teacher training, but that like I was planning for it to happen. And then like, obviously it couldn't happen, but um, I want to plan like an outdoor wellness event this summer um like a small one I don't know how but I I just feel like connections really needed so like I'm like determined to make something happen like safely but (laughs) yeah and I think people are craving it too right I'm like I would definitely go to that like any chance now to get that like even if it's outdoor like safely in person (laughs) interaction the thing with fair trade like I miss those trade shows of in person you can like touch the products and feel the fabrics talk to the business owners, ask them like, who made this? They often know their stories. Like they travel to Uganda and work with the artisans directly. So yeah, I feel like it's so much different and better in my opinion to have those events in person. Yeah. And then I'll circle back to when you mentioned Lily and meditation. So do you have like a mindfulness um, practice that you do daily or weekly that you want to share? Yeah, so I originally got introduced to meditation not too long ago maybe in August or September when I was like formally doing it so I took a 12-week mindfulness course and through that we had to meditate for 45 minutes every day so I still try to keep it up it's hard I probably get in at like maybe half an hour a day but I've learned that mindfulness is more of like into the everyday moments it's not just like a formal meditation but for me it's more of like checking in with myself a little bit throughout the day, stopping a few times a day and just really tuning into my body. That's one of the big things that I've been learning about mindfulness is just like living in the present moment as cheesy as that sounds, but also like getting out of my head for a bit, which I tend to live in and more of tuning into like, am I hungry? Am I thirsty? (laughs) Do I need to like go outside? Do I need to go for a walk? Which we often forget, I think, to just like check in with our own bodies and see what they need. Yeah, definitely. How was meditating for 45 minutes? I can't even last like that long meditating that long. Oh my. It's a, I was surprised by the end of the 12 weeks that I was actually like really looking forward to it. Like, especially at the end of the work day, I'd be like, okay, I just get like some me time, mm-hmm. but I still flip-flop. Like I usually do a lot of the guided meditations. I know uh, our teacher was like, you should really try to do silent, but it's hard to sit there for 45 minutes in silence. Mm-hmm. So I find it's better for me to like break it up a few times a day and just like try to check in for five minutes and see what's going on. Have you tried like a music meditation or like the mantra meditation, any of those? I haven't yet. No, I know Um, throughout the pandemic, I've attended a few like live Zoom events and I've really liked um, the visualization meditations or music, that kind of thing. But in terms of my I haven't tried to explain them yet I think because the course we took was so focused on mindfulness and like being in the present moment that I'm always like trying not to distract myself (laughs) with anything on the outside but I do really enjoy them I know Lily does cacao meditations every once in a while and I like love those I find like so much value in them 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lily's amazing because I feel like you can really feel her intention behind every event or class she leads and it's just beautiful. Uh, I went to the greenhouse meditation that her and Nicole did. It's like my favorite thing I think I've ever done just being in the around surrounded by all those plants. I don't know if you went to those. Yeah, so I actually went to the most recent one, which was okay. I think like the weekend before the pandemic. Okay. But it was so nice because my friend Fraser was there. He was doing like the food and then a lot of vendors I had helped Nicole coordinate um, to bring like fair trade and ethical vendors. Okay. So I feel like it was, that's like such a nice space of we did yoga, like we meditated, mm-hmm. you got to eat, you got to shop. It's like all my favorite things. You got to be with plants. Yeah. So yeah, I love those events. Hopefully they bring them back after uh, COVID. Yeah. And then um, have you tried like journaling? I'm just curious because I think in your natal chart, um, it said something, I saw it and I immediately was like, I wonder if she journaled. It's like such a random thing, but. Yeah, no, I feel like I probably don't as much as I should. I love journaling. It's just like making the time for it because I find whenever I sit down to journal, like so much comes out. Like I feel like I could write for like ever and ever, which is part of why I love like blogging and videos because I like love talking about what I do and talking to other people so yeah I feel like whenever I journal I really like it but it's just like setting aside the time to do it yeah you have um the planet of Mars which is like how you would take action in Gemini and I've I've seen a few people with this and I always just say like um the best way for you to take action is through communicating so like writing journaling talking anything like that Uh, That makes a lot of sense. I feel like through like the work that I do and businesses too, I'm like a huge communicator, maybe over communicator, (laughs) but I'm always like wanting to make sure everyone's on the same page and we're all being honest and like, we're all like talking through what's working, what's not working. So I never knew that about myself though, my needle chart, but it, it all comes together, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's so fun for me too. And like, I know a person, then I see something in their chart and I'm like, oh, that's why they are like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's like in your sixth house of like service. So it's like, that's how you're of service to people is by like communicating with them. So Uh, I'll take it. That's because I love communicating. So if I can be of service to people through that, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. And like you said, kind of earlier with the travel, I feel like that relates to it a lot too of the service and with Mm -hmm. fair trade is that I feel like I love like hearing other people's stories and being able to come home and tell them and look at what they're making and where they live and relate to them somehow through that. Like when I lived in Uganda, I was living directly with a Ugandan family. We had no air conditioning, no running water, but I feel like I had such, I don't know, more of like an appreciation for when I talk about artisans and their lives and how they do what they do through like that experience how long did you live there for I didn't know you lived there yeah only for four months so it wasn't long but um I was doing work um there through a fair trade company that I knew in the states kind of the middleman of quality control social media websites but it was cool I got to like visit all the women and see the products that they made usually out of what they just had. So like dried banana leaves or different natural dyes, uh, recycled paper, that kind of stuff. Okay, that's cool. Mm, It was fun. What are some, I mean, I feel like you probably have a list or something I could like link to, but what are like your top five favorite fair trade brands or brands that you really connect with that people can go and like search? 
Ooh, that's a tough one, but I'm sure I could come up with five right now. So Coffee Ecology is a good one. They're a fair trade coffee out of Hamilton. Kind Karma Co, who I talked about earlier, they do um, jewelry made from at-risk youth in Toronto. I have like all of their stuff I <laughs> like. Um, MetaMade, they also are made in Toronto. They do eco-friendly bamboo fabrics. They're a mother-daughter company here in Hamilton. I just discovered another company um, called Delight Chocolates. I think they're out of either Hamilton or Toronto and they're a fair trade chocolate company that I got as a gift for Easter and they're really good. I'm trying to think of one more. I think I have like 20 vendors that I work with. Oh, just one. They're like one of my favorites too. Uh, Krista's out of Caledonia. She works with artisans in Kenya and Uganda. Uh, she has so much stuff, jewelry, home decor, clothing. So yeah. If I had to pick top five, but I love them all. <laughs> I feel like I've seen you on the store, on IG stories at that store. And I've always wanted to like, just go down, like, cause Caledonia is not that far and just like go visit, mm -hmm. but I'll have to do that like later date, but yeah. Yeah, it's such a cool shop. And Krista like travels directly to Kenya and Uganda and she works with the artisans. They like design together. It's all very hands-on. So I love that you can see her passion through her business. The story really shows through. I think the first fair trade company that I discovered was um, La Villa or La Villa Goods. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think she's the first one that I kind of discovered and I know you're connected to her as well. Yeah, so I don't know how Dixie and I originally met. I want to say at a trade show, I think. And we started working together just like we would meet up and like she would take photos for my Instagram. Like I would take photos for her Instagram <laughs> of like her different products. But she works in El Salvador with artisans who make kimonos and scarves, jewelry from a lot of recycled materials as well. Now she's been since one of my vendors, uh, part of the virtual market. And we're always talking about ways to work together in the future. We're like, oh, we should do a fundraiser. Or we should do this. Like so many ideas to collaborate in Hamilton. Yeah, I feel like I, I was looking at the virtual market and I was like going back and forth about do I need like it was one of the blankets and I was like I really really liked that blanket I wanted or no wait I want the kimono and I think I like missed the date to buy it but oh, no, there'll be another one. <laughs> yeah, it was on my list. I was like, yeah, I just yeah, it's just like her stuff that is really nice. I bought one of um her they were like turtles with like coconut mm -hmm. as the shell. Mm -hmm. I bought one for my cousins son and like um I just feel like that was like such a nice gift to give him because it was like a fair trade made toy but yeah, yeah. and it's so nice when we can give gifts that have a story behind it when you can mm -hmm. say like it's made out of recycled coconut shell it was made by artisans in El Salvador that were like were paid fairly so I think it's just so much more special when we can tell that story behind it mm -hmm. yeah you were making me laugh though when you're like, do I need it? Don't I? Because for me, like my family jokes, they're like, do you just host a virtual market so you can buy like a bunch of stuff from your favorite companies? Because <laughs> I use it as an excuse. Like you probably saw my stories yesterday. I'm like, I'll get a pair of earrings. Like I'll get some coffee. I'll get this. I'll get that. But I like can justify it because I'm like, it goes to a good cause. Like it's for my work. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I always like I'm that person that will make a like it's something that I like was learning about the ethical sustainable fashions like the most sustainable thing you can do is to just like use what you have and don't buy anything new. So whenever I feel like I need something I like make a list and I'm like, hey, do I really need that? Could I 
like how would I wear it or use it, um, just things like that. So I feel like that's what I was doing in my mind with the the blanket and the kimono. Like, do I really need it? But um, yeah, that's good yeah. to do, which I guess comes back to what we were talking about initially with the buying more mindfully and more intentionally. I've been like loving on Netflix lately this show called Get Organized. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Or like I know Marie Kondo tidying up. Like I was obsessed with that back in the day. But it's all about like just using what we have and like being intentional with what we keep in our homes and like does it bring us joy is it practical so I feel like that relates a lot to fair trade of some people say like yes it is a little bit more expensive but would you rather buy like one really well-made necklace that you're gonna love and wear all the time or would you rather buy like five like ones that are kind of gonna fall apart you don't really like them but they were on sale and like it's like to me, buying mindfully and intentionally is also like buying less, but better quality that will like last longer and that you'll like love wearing and wear all the time. Yeah, something that I did four years ago when I thought that I was like, I'm turning my whole wardrobe ethical, right? <laughs> I, I went on like a, I haven't worn this in two years. So I got rid of so much and like downsized it to almost like a capsule. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I need to buy my basics. And I went out and I don't even know how much money I spent on these ethically made things there. It was a company that makes everything in Toronto. And, um, I still found myself wearing things that I just loved before. Didn't yeah. matter where they were made, but like I was wearing them and actually utilizing them. Mm-hmm. But um, I still have those items that I bought four years ago and they still look brand new because I like, I wear them, but because they were, they're just made so much better. They will just, they're going to last so much longer than like some fast fashion thing that you were to buy at like a mall or something. Yeah. And I think we probably take care of them better too. Like my MetaMade stuff, I know I'm like really intentional about like how often I'm washing it, like that I'm not throwing it in the dryer. So I think it's like about caring for our items as well. And when you do know where they're coming from, that they're made with higher quality and like the person was paid fairly, that it's like more special to me that you're going to want to make it last longer, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I don't put in the dryer anymore because that like um, and then I've hand washed a few items too, which I never thought that I would do, but I was just Mm -hmm. like, I have to take care of this. It's like a delicate item or something, or I don't want it to be like stretched in the washing machine, but yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. It all comes full circle somehow to like buying fair trade, mindful meditation. Like to me, I don't know, the two are just like so intertwined of like conscious consumerism, that word you hear a lot like these days. Yeah. I I feel like I'll just, because my business name is Be Mindful Studio. So I just, I just liked how it sounded and I feel like it fit for me, but um, I feel like nowadays when I'm like watching anything, people will be like, be mindful of your choices, be mindful of this, be mindful of that. And I always just, I'm like, wow, I, sh- I don't know if like just that click, I just immediately think of my business name. I'm like, oh, they're saying my business name, but like, it's, it's like a common thing now I think people are saying, and it's like good, but I hope people, um, are actually being mindful and like aware of what they're doing. And I feel like even right now people are. I think they've been forced to be more aware aware of what's going on, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's kind of like a buzzword these days as is like ethical and sustainable. Yeah. But like when you actually come down to like what mindfulness means to you and like not just mm-hmm. thinking about it, but to me like practicing it also like tuning into your body is something that's not just saying being mindful, but like what does it feel like when you are mindful? 
Yeah, I um, I looked at Ontario Parks, web the Ontario Parks website the other day, and they had right on their front page, mindfulness in nature, like a whole blog post about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, so I clicked it. And it's just sort of like one thing that you can do to like, if you're feeling stressed throughout the day, or like you're working from home, and you just feel like, tired or you have like the zoom fatigue is to just like stop breathe and then tap into like all your five senses and that can really ground you into like the moment mm, I love that I know I have my desk actually in like a really funny spot in my office but it's so I can like look outside and like like you say when I get zoom fatigue I can like mm. see whatever's going on in nature and just feel like a little bit more connected to that <laughs> Yeah, I have about four different spots that I can do work because I get really bored easily because I'm a Gemini. So I know that about myself. And so depending on my mood, I like will relocate myself during the day to change it up. Mm, no, that's good. I like that. And it's like the perks, one of the perks, I guess, of working from home or working for ourselves is that we do have that freedom to like travel around to different spots a little bit and later one day go to coffee shops and work outside and that kind of thing too. Yeah, working outside sounds great. Like that's, I feel like I should set up like an outside space now. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought, well, not right now because it's snowing, but I bought like a little table and chairs and stuff for myself. Cause I love once it's warm out, I'm like always bringing my laptop outside and like working out there. It's just like so much nicer, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. I usually have people end off episodes, like giving like advice to people from like their Zodiac sign. So do you like have something you want to say about like being a Leo, like some piece of advice that will like inspire somebody. I feel like you even saying being outside in the sun kind of sounds like something a Leo would say, but like something else. Hmm. I feel like I probably need to take my own advice as a Leo. Cause one of the first thing that comes to mind is like being bold, being courageous, especially with starting my own business. I think there's always reasons you can find not to do something, even what we said earlier, like going on Instagram live stories or whatever, what people will think of you. But I don't know, it's kind of cheesy, but if like your soul wants it, your heart wants it, if this is what you want to do, then just like kind of stepping out and finding out, figuring out along the way is I think where being a Leo has kind of benefit, benefited me. So that would be my advice. Okay, that's awesome. So how can everyone I mean, I'll, I'll put links and everything, but where can everybody go to find you and then maybe work with you and see your next virtual market? Mm -hmm. So I'm mostly on Instagram, you can find me at fairly.traded, or my website is fairlytraded.ca. And you can email me Melanie at same thing fairlytraded.ca to work together as a customer or a business. I'm always open to new collaborations. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest on the episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is actually my very first podcast interview. So there you go. <laughs> it, was, it was exciting. It was fun. If you love today's episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or on Instagram and tag us at Be Mindful Studio and at Be Mindful Podcast. Also, if you have any questions or feedback or maybe an idea for an episode, don't be afraid to reach out on Instagram and send me a message. I'd love very much to stay in touch with you. Thank you again for your support and I will see you very, very soon in the next episode.